0: Hello and welcome to State Your Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey Stu.
1: How are you today? I'm in great form. Thank you very much, Justin. How are you doing? I'm broke. Ah. I have a bone to pick with you. <gasps> the last episode, my
0: friend, got very, very, very expensive for me. Because I did something stupid. What? Talking about workplaces and tools. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this all day after our conversation, all the next day. And that led me to Apple's website. And you know, that's never a good thing, Stu.
1: mm-hmm A dangerous place, Justin.
0: It, it really is. And I was considering my options and I pulled the trigger on a $9,000 Canadian new monitor. I bought the
1: XDR with the solid aluminum stand I might add. <laughs> no hang about at at what point in our discussion did we suggest buying the world's most expensive monitor where where did that come up refresh me
0: yeah (laughs) Well, see i was thinking of what desk i needed and then i thought of what do i have on top of it and we were talking about the new imax coming out and i asked about the xdr because i already got this weird idea in the back of my mind so I'll tell I'll tell you where my thought process on this goes. It actually makes logistical sense. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to see somebody pedaling on thin ice, <laughs> this is the same argument I used for my wife when I told her what I wanted to do.
1: Okay, I'm braced.
0: I looked at the new 24 inch iMac.
1: Right
0: now, a spec that I would use is over three thousand dollars. mm and I figured that will last me perhaps three years. The new iMac, bigger version, which we're hoping has the M1X or an M2 chip on it, with a little bit more performance and a larger screen, I'm going to add another $1,000, perhaps even more than that. Mm-hmm. That's for a 16 gig chip with two terabytes of hard disk space. mm mm-hmm. And I thought about that and went, okay, you know, that's three or four years down the road. And I was doing this mental calculation of what happens then because, you know, it's Apple. You can't replace anything. You just have to throw it out and buy a new one. Sure. And I was doing this thought process on my Thunderbolt display from Apple. It's 10 years old. It's a 27-inch. Basically, it's an iMac without all the iMac-y stuff. It's just a Thunderbolt monitor. Mm-hmm. And I realized how many computers my Thunderbolt monitor had gone through. And it's still going to be perfect for what I need it for. Now, this is going to go in my studio where it belongs. But then that still leaves me the problem of what do I put on my workbench? Do I go to iMac or do I stay for my laptop setup that I have now? I like having the context shift of different laptops different setups, different applications installed on them. My recording laptop is completely different than my work laptop. And I thought about this and I went, well, if I went to a new iMac, there is one big problem I have. Some of the expensive fridge-removing software that I use does not yet work on the M-Series. Okay. So I would need to have... Another computer. So I'd be doing basically what I do now, which is I use one room for this and one room for that. I thought I'd really want to do everything in this new this new office that we're creating. And I thought about my Thunderbolt display and said 10 years and it's still going strong. And all of a sudden I realized that this stupidly expensive XDR monitor definitely can last for another 10 years. And if you amortize the expense over 10 years. And compare that to replacing, say, an iMac twice, maybe even three times within that same period. All of a sudden, the math works out. You amortize that per year, and it's really not so bad. Because I will still need my laptops for work and jobby job and all those things. I like a laptop so I can go in a real world where we're not locked in anywhere. I can go and sit at a coffee shop and I can work. And I would have limited choices if I went to an iMac. So I decided I was going to go to an external monitor. And I went and looked at the LG Ultrafine, which I think is the only real 5K monitor that is certified for Apple. Yep. And it's black plastic. And it looks like a Windows monitor. Yep. And I couldn't do it. I'm looking at ones. I couldn't do it. I looked at the price of them and I couldn't do it. And so for some strange reason, I decided that dropping that kind of huge money on a monitor was something that I thought was a good idea. Actually, you know what? The monitor wasn't too bad. It was the $1,400 Canadian for the stand that really made you (laughs) scratch your head a little bit.
1: Yeah, that hurts.
0: Yep. So that's what I did. Uh, Friday night, I was sitting here blaming you because, of course, you know, my wife has to understand that somebody else put me up to this because you helped me think about what I was gonna to do to set up my new desk situation. And part of that is what tools am I gonna work on? Of course now I have to really think about it because I have this really, really expensive monitor. I need to have a desk that's really, really solid. Oh, of course. So that it doesn't fall over. So I have a feeling that's gonna be an expensive purchase
1: too. Oh well, I would imagine it's gonna well you're probably gonna need gold leaf, I would have thought. Just to, you know conductivity and things
0: i was actually going to say machined aluminum you know just to match the back of the monitor
1: Mm, indeed yeah absolutely hand rolled on the thighs of a of a a chinese virgin or something
0: yeah Uh, you know the fun part after i bought the monitor which of course there are none in canada Uh it uh, is taking weeks and weeks for it to get here Uh, it it will actually arrive at my house uh, the day before i move So (laughs) that's handy. That's kind of what I thought. The ironic thing was it does not come with any speakers Mm -hmm. and it does not come with a camera. Okay. So I, I then had to sit down after I bought the very expensive monitor and the very expensive stand and figure out what I was going to do for both of those. All right. Uh, luckily the new version of Big Sur will finally let you airplay to a pair of HomePods. Okay. And I have this little set of HomePod minis, the small ones, the pair of them. Right. That I don't really get a lot of views. I like the big base of the big HomePods that I have. But I thought those are perfect for this minimalist desk to have sitting there they're powered directly by USB-C, so they can be powered by the big monitor itself and i can airplay directly from my laptop to them so i've already solved this problem and then of course it cost me another 300 for a logitech magnetic 4k video camera just so that i can put that on top of this really really big expensive silly monitor
1: okay Yeah, I've got a Logitech thingy. um, What have I got? A a 920 or something, I think. I bought the Apple one, so you know how much that cost me. Oh, dear. Good Lord. Well, um, already double what it was worth, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, well, they have the ones on Amazon that have like a clip on them for the regular monitors. Mm -hmm. They make a special version for this monitor. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? At the prices that Apple Store charges. So anyway. Yeah, it was a really expensive week for me. So um, I'm kind of blaming you, but I'm also okay. really, really excited for it. You know, the conversation that we had really made me think that I want this to be the best setup it can possibly be. And investing in myself from a place of privilege, the fact that I can actually do this is a wonderful time. You know, I I just did pretty well on a house that I've owned for 22 years. So mm-hmm. I have the financial flexibility to do this. So I, you know, I do realize I come from a heck of a, a place of privilege and also a spot of timing that I can actually do something silly like this. But I thought I want to have the best of what I want in that. I want to have this set up to be the ultimate productivity that makes me feel like it's a place I want to be. So I'm really, really excited. The only thought I did have after all this is, well, if I put this in front of the doors at a 32 inch monitor, I'm not going to be able to see outside. <laughs> I'm going to have to like bend down and peek under the the monitor to see outside. But I, I think that's a, a sacrifice I'll have to live with.
1: Yeah, and actually, you, you may find ways around that because you may you may prefer to have the the view to your side or you know at an angle. There's all sorts of stuff you can. Mm-hmm. you can do with that where you put the monitor where you put the the window I appreciate you can't move the window but where you position the desk if you saw I me mean. yeah put it all relative and as you say I mean you're going to be at that workstation for uh, I suspect probably large portions of your life because that's where you know stuff gets done that finances the, the well the rest of life
0: yeah yeah I'll be there you know 60 hours a week kind of thing by the time I bring in all of my hobby jobs and all my jobby jobs will go through the same monitor. Sure. I'll just switch out the laptop depending on what task I'm doing. And I think that'll be a really interesting way to create a very productive space for me. If not, um, well, I'll have uh, a very expensive monitor for sale in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, indeed. And, um, you know, there's at least three of you now that own one. I mean, it's a sort of growing trend. Hmm. Did Did you go for the nano glass? By the way, I um, uh, no. I went for the standard glass.
0: <gasps> I know. I I couldn't. Anyway, Canadian dollar been what it is. It's it's expensive
1: for sure. I did I did um, check that whether you could get that sort of thing here. Because for me, I say the reason that I haven't done this, I'm not usually shy in 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 sort of big ticket expenditure on it, but. Um, the reason I've been sort of very shy of this monitor, one is because yeah, you're not going to believe this, but they charge over a thousand dollars for this. Oh, sorry. You just paid that. Um, the, the idea of paying separately for a stand. And then as you've just informed me, Apple, who makes some of the best mobile cameras in the world, didn't put one into their flagship monitor. Just, just strikes me as nonsense. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that... Also, I think for me, this would be the gateway to M, insert number here, madness, because I would be sitting here thinking, okay, well, because my ideal setup in terms of, of IT wise is that the home base computer becomes my sort of server, if you like and while i'm here it's where i work mm-hmm. um but i can seamlessly attach to it and connect to it with my with my mobile devices that's what i would like and the minute you start thinking in that mad cab manner then you start ending up thinking well if only apple did something modular something you could change and add. remember oh mac pro you say <laughs> and um, before you've even got to a sort of halfway future proofed spec you're, you you're running into sort of 20 and 30,000. <laughs> wow. And, you know, as you say, you can, you spread that over long enough. That's great. The problem is that you then have to not <laughs> keep replacing stuff the year after and the year after. You need to have a sort of Syracusa-esque discipline mm-hmm. yeah. to go, and yes, my computer is 10 years old. Don't worry, it's going fine. Whereas I wouldn't have that discipline. I think I would just, just end up spending more and more money. so
0: Yeah, and that's why the modular idea of, of investing in the big monitor, which I figure is only twice the price of a large iMac that's sure. made, made up quite nicely. Looking at that compared to, say, the laptops that I have, I can replace... I'll probably go through three laptops in the same time still using that monitor, mm-hmm. which makes it a much better option for me sure you know in terms of of what that that cost looks like so uh, there's a way to justify anything and apparently i could do it for <laughs> even large ticket
1: items i yes I, I dare say that if you put your mind to it not a problem any expenditure is possible mm-hmm. i'll come to you when i am considering the uh, the mac pro we'll, we'll put something together
0: this podcast has cost me all kinds of money from the little stuff that we've been buying you talk about something i buy it i talk about something you buy it I think this is um, sort of the, the high-water mark at this point.
1: I, I mean, certainly, I, I can hear the clang of the gauntlet hitting the tiled floor. I'm not going to say that this will
0: be the end of this conversation, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or that this bar will remain here.
1: Indeed. Dream it's over, Twyford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: anyway, uh, talking about uh, sit-stand desks, I did think about this, and I think I've decided on the fully motorized sit-stand. The reason I like it, it actually comes with a contoured desktop, which is ideal for the sort of that COVID belly Uh that uh, I'm rocking at the moment. And I just really like the idea of that. I think it looks really good. It's got some good color ways to it. So that will be one of my purchases as well. When I've actually paid off this monitor and can afford it. cool. I may just be sitting on a little card table with this stupid big monitor (laughs) and a little laptop for a while because, you know, stupid amounts of money. But Apple. So other follow up. You know, we've been raving on Uggmunt cards. Mm-hmm. I packed them all and needed new ones. So I have no, no system
1: at all at the moment. <laughs> well, you can just use an index card. You must have an index card lying around somewhere. Uh,
0: surprisingly enough, I packed them all. I have all of those in a box that keeps everything organized. And I realized last weekend I put together, I well, again, you know, coming from a place of privilege... I packed over 35 boxes of books from my library, Mm -hmm. and somewhere in there I needed a little bit of space, and I had my box of paper, and I threw that in. So, yeah, they're all packed up, ready to go. I won't see those for at least another month, so I was kind of um, annoyed with myself for that one.
1: Confounded by your own
0: thoroughness. Apparently. The other thing that I got, and we haven't talked about it before, But the Theme System Journal. Oh, okay. I'm sure you're aware of that from Cortex
1: brand. I certainly am.
0: I was ordering some stuff from Cotton Bureau, who does the North American Fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I'd had it in my cart before and then looked at the price and went, oh, that's a little steep for shipping one journal. Mm. Shipping from the US to Canada for one journal was... Uh, about 60% of the cost of the journal. Wow. And I went, oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, but I bought some t-shirts a little while ago. A podcast was surprisingly doing t-shirts, and I bought some because, you know, my new wardrobe. It's all podcast t-shirts. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know how you feel. I'm sitting here in a, a Mac Power User's uh, vintage red. Uh, I got the
0: Town t-shirts from Upgrade, so there you go. It happened to be in my cart from when I was looking at it previously, and the shipping became irrelevant because I was buying something else. So I threw it in my my cart, left it there, and got it. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of it. I have other thoughts about a lot of it, too. Okay. It is very opinionated.
1: Yeah, it's prescriptive.
0: Well, it's prescriptive, but it doesn't give you enough of a prescription to use it in the way that they recommend it.
1: Hmm. Okay. How how do you mean?
0: So there are the themes, the yearly themes that they have. There's several pages for those, which you put a theme in, you have some blank boxes underneath that I'm assuming are your deliverables that you want to put in there. There's a daily record, let's call it, Mm -hmm. which is quite nice. But it is made up of several boxes and uh, there isn't a lot of documentation. In it. The documentation is go to the website, which uh, doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. If I'm going analog, I wanted to sit down and start looking at it and setting it up and figuring out how I could use it yeah. and having to go and then dig out a computer kind of took the, the mode out of it for me. But the boxes, if you go to their website, they're flexible to be used however you want, Mm -hmm. except for the fact they are boxes in the middle of a page. So it's a bit like Henry Ford. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. You have to use it the way that they use it, but they don't really tell you how they use it. You've kind of got to look at the pictures and figure it out yourself. So it's very opinionated, but not quite as straightforward as I would have thought. Mm -hmm. I think what I need to do is really go back to one of their episodes and listen to how they use it. But there are some really nice things to it. Oh, it also has like a habit tracker in the back of it as well. Yeah. Which is, again, standard. I've got that in the Baron Fig. This is just another implementation of it, but it's pretty good. It's kind of a leatherette, not a soft cover, but not a hard cover. Mm -hmm. It's got a little bit of stiffness to it, it. But it's it's
1: not crazy. Is it the first generation or the second generation?
0: This is the second generation. Okay. So it's got a little tear-off corners on the bottom as you go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is weird that it's on the bottom. I'm not sure I had expected them to be on the top. Top right corner it's on the bottom right corner. Mm-hmm. So you can find where you're going, which again, never seen that before, but they seem to work pretty well. Paper looks lovely. I haven't tested it with any ink because well, I packed all my ink. <laughs>
1: It's that thoroughness again.
0: It's hard to be a stationary reviewer when you don't actually have any pens left out, Stu.
1: (laughs) Well, at least you can, you know, you can review the theme system journal, sort of. Yes, uh,
0: here it is. It's blank. That's all you get because uh, I only have markers and no, I I have a little bit of pens, but it's interesting. I'm sure as I explore it, I'll have more thoughts to it. But um, it is very opinionated. And I think you've kind of got to buy into their system in order to get the most of it
1: absolutely i mean i bought i I was one of the lucky ones that got one in the sort of the first generation i don't think at, at the very outset i was probably in the second delivery or something but it exactly as you say it's it's a system and probably the most comprehensive sort of guide to the system is a podcast which is not necessarily the handiest i know mike has done a lot of work on on the website, but I have to concede, I haven't looked at it of late. Clearly I have a professional interest in it as a notebook. And so, uh, looked at it and checked the, the quality. I'm, I'm curious about uh, the second gen because I know they've switched manufacture to Europe which makes it much more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've sort of quite, quite a while ago come to the conclusion that I need something that's open ended. Part part of the reason that things can fall off for me is if they're too prescriptive. So,
0: yeah, I could be along the same route. I certainly think the bullet journal that I picked up the other week is going to be into my rotation first. But I would like to give this a fair shake, and that's why I was kind of looking into it. Jonah, sure, sure
1: interesting to hear. We're we're so far into the podcast and we're still on follow up. Uh, what follow up do you got, Stu it's my shot in in the uh, in the tennis match. This is a match between two big servers, so there's no tie breaks. You go to the fifth, and and somebody ends up winning thirty two thirty or something. We've been doing um, sort of mentions of the homework podcast with Harry and Dave, and they've been doing mentions of us. Um, and you know they've just smashed one down the middle of the court. I'm flailing across to the middle to try and get it back. <laughs> <laughs> so go go and listen to to the the homework podcast. It's great. Uh, if you like this, you'll love that. And even better news is that Harry has uh, I think almost completed the script of season two of the Shelf Life sitcom. So I shall be I shall be <coughs> doing my voice exercises so that I can do some voice acting because <laughs> I play a Scotsman with no Scottish accent. Because it was only about episode three when I I saw the note that he was Scottish. I went, oh, I could have done a Scottish accent, but I didn't. Oh. And I couldn't change it. So. Well, you are a Scotsman with no Scottish accent, isn't that true? Yes, uh, that is also true. But uh, I, I, there's, it's just you and I, Justin. Actors are supposed to pretend to be things they're not. <laughs> ha, you can have that one for free. <laughs> okay, never mind then. Anyway, that's enough of uh, of my feedback. What about a uh, tool of the week?
0: Tool of the week. I was uh, setting up some podcast artwork the other day. And a tool that I've been using for a long time, and I've never really given a shout out to publicly, is Canva. I did hear the other day some talk that they are doing private equity financing and that they have a high valuation because they do an excellent product. They have a free tier and a pay tier, uh, but it is a place where you can create graphics. So if you need to do an Instagram posting, you could just pick one of their templates and go to town on it. There's some limitations as far as what fonts you can use and resizing. So for example, if you want to do a Facebook post and an Instagram post in the free version, you have some limits to that, but it is really quick. The assets are very, very good. And I use it for all my show notes for the artwork for them. So I just thought I'd give them a shout out. If anybody is looking for quick graphics, let's say you have a business presentation coming up. Check out Canva. You can get so much done in so
1: much quicker of a time
0: than you could doing Photoshop, at least for me.
1: Very good. I shall have to have a look. I don't think I've ever used Canva. I don't even looked at it, to be honest. Mm.
0: Uh, They do have a Mac app too. Well, it's a web wrapper. Yeah. But it works really well. Copy one asset to the next, rename it, change your assets on there, your text, and away you go.
1: Cool. What about you? What's your tool of the week this week, Stu? Uh, mine is my Rodia Book, which I think we touched on the other week. It's into my rotation. Rotation? <laughs> it's into my rotation as my daily driver. Mm, very nice. And uh, I don't really use the gold booky stuff, so it's got an index at the front, which I, I kind of use. It's... Got calendars and which I don't use because, as previously discussed, I, I like it to be very open-ended. It's got page numbers, which is handy if you are going to sort of reference certain entries. And I'm, I'm probably, I, I suppose, I'm using my own sort of amended version of bullet journaling, but it just handles. Now that we're doing sort of a fountain pen every week. For those of us that haven't packed them all up. It, it, quite. It handles everything I can throw in it. So I can get whatever pen I like out. I don't need to to sort of consider. Um, because I'm like you, I'm trying to use the pen, if I haven't packed it, uh, <laughs> for as much as, as possible during the week. And it's it's interesting. Some of my my books, obviously because my broader nibs, some of my books, like my workbook, for some reason I've been using Baron Fix. For, for this work project. Mm-hmm. And I'm on my, I think, my fourth now. And it's good paper, a barren figure. I, I wouldn't be harsh about it at all. But it is not made for big boy fountain pens. <laughs> Paintbrushes, you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. That, that's where it begins to show some frailty. And, you know, this is true of all papers. Or, or there are no papers that handle everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, people get, go mad about Tamari River and whatever's going to replace it. There's there's some stuff that really doesn't work very well on Tami. Anything that needs to dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But most people go, no, that's fine. I don't mind as long as it's sheened. It's okay. But if you're using open inverted commas a normal pen, mm-hmm. um, you'll see people looking at Tami going, "What's this? Why, yeah. why don't you have any proper paper? Where's the pencil?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I I love the Rodeo. I love it's it's very thick paper. Um, it's it's coated. So it's incredibly smooth. Mm-hmm. And and I do like that writing experience. So I'm, I'm having a great time with that sort of using 35 words when five would do, which is a bit of a trait for me, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I got to say, I love uh, Rhodia's paper as well.
0: There's nothing like sitting down with one of their big A4 pads and just getting some thoughts out. And, you know, if you've got a project, getting your notes down, it's a great place to start anything a big blank page, and you could just write and go to town
1: with anything that you've got in your arsenal. Sure. No. And what is it? What is your arsenal this week? What do you have? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to tell me that you're writing with some sort of pencil that you've stolen from the corner shop. But I'm I'm writing with uh, a, a Platinum 3776. You got one of those? I do, yeah. I've got a couple yeah. of those, actually. Yeah, nice pens. This is uh, uh, obviously a broad nib, so a, a paintbrush, as you would call it. But it's a, it's a Japanese broad, so probably more like a, a European medium. It's in a, a sort of translucent blue colour, the one that I have. Mm. So it's, it's sort of almost a demonstrator, if you, if you hold it up to the light anyway. And I filled it with an odd choice, Kaweco Paradise Blue, which is um, it's a sort of turquoise ink. Oh, interesting which I find sort of quite playful. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd, uh, you know, if I was going all sort of compliance officer on you, I'm not sure I'd be using it, but <laughs> it's, it's a lovely writer. It's another one, another one of my really good nibs. I have a couple of, well, I've got maybe six or seven pens that I would say, okay, these are really good nibs, and platinum is one of them. Uh, I really enjoy it.
0: My platinum three, seven, seven, six in the blue translucent same as yours has an ultra extra fine nib on it (laughs) that's not even a fork that's a needle Uh, that is if you if you need a booster shot i've got it for you (laughs) it did self tattooing maybe that explains a lot (laughs) (laughs) all right i've been using i do have a fountain pen oh and it is a fountain pen that lives on my desk uh, my wife, and i probably talked about this one before, my wife last year, it was my 50th in lockdown, and she bought me a custom-made Nakaya Long Cigar in Akka which is the brownish-red look to it, a rushi pen, with a beautiful gold nib on it. The nib on it, it's interesting if you buy from Nikai, if I've talked about this, just let me know, I'll stop. They ask you an entire questionnaire mm. about your writing style. What angle do you hold the pen? How? Which way do you turn the nib? Which hand do you use? Everything like that. And they tuned this pen without ever meeting me to be absolutely perfect for my hand. So if I pick up this pen, because it's got no clip or anything on it, and I, let's say rotate it 20 degrees to the right, which is one of those weird things that you sometimes do, the pen doesn't write as well. But if I hold it exactly the way that I would do, you know, I pay attention to it, it is absolutely gorgeous. And so I've got nothing but amazing things to say about Nakaya, their customer service, and the fact that just from answering a bunch of questions they can actually tune a nib specifically for my hand. It's amazing.
1: Fantastic. I mean, if there was one pen not to pack, that was the one. Well done.
0: Yeah, that one always lives on my desk, and I even kept out a spare cartridge for it. It's weird. It comes with the cartridge converter and a pack of platinum blue-black. And surprisingly enough, that's all I'm using is a platinum blue-black. I just use one cartridge after another. Wow. And it it, it writes like the ink was made for the pen. Go
1: figure. <laughs> Excellent. Well, if you're not a pen user, you you're listening to this segment going, "What are they talking about?" But if you find a fountain pen that that just fits your hand and feels right, it's it's a joy to write with. Doesn't doesn't matter what you write. You could be doing the shopping list. It's a joy. Oh, it really is. All right, let's get onto our topic and try and move along because we've been talking a lot this time. We certainly have. Good lord, time is flashing on. What are we talking about today? Let's talk about tags and folders, or both. Mm -hmm. So
0: I guess the obvious question is, what's a tag? I'm thinking it's one of those newfangled things that people that grew up with search like. (laughs) Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: (laughs) Yes, uh, Invented by Google, probably. Invented by Google, yeah, probably. Uh, No, tag is a more modern way to categorize things. They are freeform, so you can create your own tag structure. You can then search them within applications, probably within your desktop as well. I'm just not sure how to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Versus a folder, which is a traditional, old school hierarchical structure, much like a file folder. You go into a drawer, and in the drawer, you have multiple folders. And within one folder, you can have subfolders. And eventually, you drill down on a topical list, to where hopefully you remember you put your stuff. Some apps use both. Some use only one. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference? And which way do you think,
1: Stu? I uh, look my my background uh, like you. Uh, I come from the dark ages, so. I was, I was doing proper work before computers Mm -hmm. and therefore folder systems are kind of what I grew up with and they were just sort of transferred onto the world of computers and everything lived in folders. So that's where I started. And then, um, I don't remember when, but at some point I became a convert to the world of Google through Gmail. Uh, which then sort of expanded. And for a long time, Nero's Notes was run on G Suite, or which it then became Google Apps for Work. Or, uh, Google loves to change its names for some reason. And discontinue them too. Mm. And, yes, that was one of the things that began to turn me off. And then also, just as I realized exactly what Google's business model was, then I thought, oh, okay, no, this, this, is, this is bad with a capital B. Mm-hmm. But they are really, really good at search. And, and for me, if you want to use tags, that's the key. Mm-hmm. So if you use tags in Gmail, Gmail search is incredible. And you could search for three different tags you know, together, knowing that that would only apply to three emails over the last five years, and in less than a second, it will, it will surface those emails for you. And it won't miss any, and it won't get any wrong. That is not how Apple searches. Apple searches for tags going, well, it's got an A in it. I- is that what you want? Um, so I will search for, well, what did I search for the other day? Receipt. Now, like everybody else in the world, I have quite a lot of receipts that turn up in my email because, well, you know, we all do. Mm-hmm. And Apple Mail went, nope, nothing to find. I'm sorry. What? Yes, there is. And without search, tags becomes. To me, at least, effectively unreliable and therefore useless, and therefore I don't use, and it becomes pointless. That said, I'm just about starting now to to revise and review the Mac Sparky Hazel guide, field guide to Hazel. Mm, Yes, which makes use of tags because I do have a tag system on my Mac. It's very, very high tech Um, because I have a, a directory system that essentially I have one color for personal, one color for uh, Locked Off, which is the company that that runs Nero's, Uh, one color for Lime. You can guess what color that one is. Um, (laughs) And there we go. So I have sort of three tags that I apply to files so that automation can just do some rudimentary sorting for me. Yeah, so I can just keep those sort of three worlds slightly different. And in a true sort of Stuart-esque system, all those tags do is get those files into my folder system, <laughs> where I then manually move them through a folder, thereby undoing the usefulness of the tag. But I've tried, I think is what I'm trying to say. I've sort of dipped my toe into the world of tags. And it's, it's great, as long as your search is working. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, very seductive sounding Mm -hmm. because when you see a file or, you know, come across it, just tag it. And then for the rest of time, you will know where that is because, you know, tags are just great. And of course, what you end up with is 17,000 tags of which you can remember four. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) And and the, and the ability to me is like keyboard shortcuts when, when you hear sort of real of mac power users you know we just use the keyboard chugger. i want to hit them with the keyboard because i can only ever remember about five keyboard chuggers. uh copy paste yep yeah. uh, that's that's me save quit <laughs> no but it's okay shift control option z d what Who who's going to remember that oh well no you you map all of that to your caps lock and then it's yeah yeah but, but, very confusing And then, and then they start talking about stream decks and stuff and I just really lose the will to live, but it's so seductive and I have used it before. And I think it's one of those things, it's like, like many of the things we we talk about, if you sort of lean into it 100% and it speaks to you and and it becomes then self-fulfilling because you're, you tag everything and therefore you remember your tags, you're very disciplined about your tag hierarchy. And so you remember exactly what everything, fantastic, but I'm not like that. Um and I don't think most people are like us. So I have a system, I'm fairly certain, like you, where I can open a folder. I have a folder on my Mac that says personal, and I open it up and it has lots of subsections. And eventually I can drill down to the bit that says the name of my house here. So um, my house is called Elysium. No pretense there at all. Privilege, anyone? <laughs> Elysium being the land of milk and honey. So... Uh, I can open it up, and if I am looking for the water bill, it will be in a folder that says utilities, water, 2019. Boom, there it is. Tags can't do that for you. So Hmm. tags, is that under water? Is it under utility? Is it under both?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What about dates? Is that in there somewhere? So I'm still, I'd have to say, probably a folder man more than a tag man. Yeah, it was interesting when
0: we proposed this conversation, I had a thought. My my initial reaction was, I'm a folder guy. I hate tags.
1: Mm.
0: And then I actually thought about this for the last week and went, oh, maybe I do use tags. I think inconsistency is the one thing that keeps me coming back to my folder structure. And my folder structure largely, well, I, I shouldn't say largely, I use that where where I create a file, a physical distinct file for something that's always for me logically stored under a folder. So for example, for podcasts, I've got a, a folder called contents under my favorite, so I can quickly go there. I've got stationary adjacent, I've got episodes, and then I'll have a folder for episode 24. And that will have everything from our show notes right through to our individual recordings, the combined mp3 that I pull out of everything. Uh, I'll even have the artwork, a copy of the artwork in that folder as well. And that's very quick and easy for me to go through for a lot of the really obvious things like that. It makes sense to keep it mm-hmm. together. You know, episode 23, well, three of my podcasts have an episode 23, so that doesn't really help that much. What I didn't realize is that I do use more tags than I originally thought. And most of the time I use tags, they are application specific.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that was a real eye-opener to me because I just use that as part of the application and I don't really think of it in terms of this is a tag, this is a folder. So some of the ones that come to mind, the biggest one that I use every day is OmniFocus. Which they went to tags, I think that was with version three, probably four years ago, three years ago, something like that. And I have set up custom perspectives, custom views based on tags. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really considered that, that that is what I was doing. But it is, and it's very, very useful. So, you know, that's a, a task manager's place that you can't really put things in folders. It doesn't make sense. And so to use that works really well. Drafts, we've talked before that I use drafts as a quick capture tool. Mm -hmm. When I quick capture something, I quite often, if it's actionable or if it's something that that I need as an output, it will go somewhere else. But there's a lot of things that I put in drafts, temporary emails, things like that, notes that I need to make. They'll go in there. They become sort of ephemeral. But like everything else, I just hit the archive button. But I do actually put tags in there so that if I need to get something, especially business-related, I do quick capture on something that is business-related. I'll take the couple of points that are actionable. I'll put those into my OmniFocus. But the rest of this stuff is kind of irrelevant. And I just archive it with a tag of the business that I'm working on. And that is amazingly useful for the odd time doesn't happen very often. It's very quick, a couple of keystrokes, and it's done. But I can go back and have a really good record of the notes that I had taken to myself that are disposable. Mm-hmm. And it's saved my butt a couple of times, so I, I still keep doing that. Sure. Other things that I do there, where I used to do my writing before Obsidian, and I'm still figuring out the Obsidian thing. Obsidian, of course, as we've talked about before. I brought in everything and put it in folders Mm. and I'm not sure that is the best thing for Obsidian, but anyway, we've talked about that, but yeah, I'm, I'm really fine that certain apps, which don't necessarily support folders, tags work great. Other ones, folders, particularly separate files. That's where my head lies to, but it's, it's a mix now and it's more mixed than I originally thought when we proposed the topic. Because my thought was just no, folders is the only way, but it's not true.
1: Yeah, no, I I I know what you're saying because I mean I, I was in uh, OmniFocus for a while, and sort of looked at that whole sort of custom perspective and you know how do you how do you pull out your your most important tasks? So you start tagging things with next or today and uh, to help create that sort of thing, and you know I think Evernote. I have a memory, had a sort of tag system that you could have tags and and folders. Obsidian, as you say, there's there's the ability to to have all sorts of links, so you can have folders and tags, uh, as well as sort of internal backlinks and all of that sort of stuff going on. Each of which I think, if you give it a slightly different use, can create a very powerful filtering system. So you can get plugins that then essentially using tags turn the whole thing into a massive database, which terrifies me in itself. But <laughs> Yeah, definitely. The the problem I think I have with tags is is establishing a system and sticking to it and then being disciplined with it. Yeah. Um so I'm I, I use drafts too and I use it very much as a as a quick capture if I don't have a pocket notebook because you know I'm basically living in shorts. Then <laughs> Then, you know, I'll tap something in there. And I, I now sort of fear opening drafts because it's just a mess of, you know, eight word notes. <laughs> um, and like you, you know, once once I'm back at home base, I'll, I'll open it up and go, okay, I'll take that out, I'll take that out, I'll take that out. And then I just tend to ignore the note. So it's, if somebody found my drafts sort of archive and repository, they go, who is this person? I have no idea what this person does or who he is. It's just this bizarre collection of sort of half
0: notes. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you get into the uh, quick capture by text on your Apple Watch, you can really. That's the one I quite often do when I'm driving push one button and I can capture a a verbal note to myself Mm. that goes into text in drafts. And that's, you know, I'm listening to a podcast. Some random idea that I want to explore, I'll just put it in there. But boy, does it, yeah. I, I have some very, very weird things that without any context, yeah. people must think I'm well.
1: I, I'm loopy. Not only that, we've reached the age, Justin, where four hours later, you open up drafts again. What, what was I trying to tell myself? I've got no idea what this means, just because it's completely left out. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I refuse to comment on that <laughs> he refuses to be drawn ladies and gentlemen uh, Very yes.
0: uh, no i i completely agree uh, what did that mean i know that meant something usually i put in enough that i can then take that throw it into google and go oh that's what i meant <laughs> well duck duck go actually because google yeah evil yeah me too evil people they can't even get show notes right stew
1: <laughs> yes yes we have to investigate that i mean that's they're, they're evil, but they are very good at certain elements of technology, annoyingly so. What they do, they do very well. Search being one. Um, do you use? I, w- I was going to actually bring it up because it's something that
0: I do, and I know it's a questionable thing in the Mac community.
1: Desktop. How do you use desktop? Uh, well, I can have a look. Okay, I've got the relocated items folder, which is Mac updating. Yes. So when I, when I moved across it, it insists on having that. And I just have this sort of fear of getting rid of it. Is there something important in there? Who knows? Then I tend to drop in downloads that I want to keep. Maybe I might drop into there things that I'm working on. I might drop into that. I try not to to let it get too cluttered, but I use essentially iCloud as my, as my main drive almost. Mm -hmm. So. Desktop is is a good place to be because it means it's on several machines. It means it's backed up. I'm you know I'm sort of reasonably happy with that. But I do try and keep it clean and you know occasionally use Hazel, which is lapsed, which is why I'm sort of getting back into it. And some sort of tag automation to send things to the right places. Uh, and then I have um, much like you, I, I guess I w- I have a file system on my on my drives. Mm-hmm that is hierarchical so um if i look at what am i what am i doing live here if i look at stuart lennon then and i get into okay so i use dropbox i use OneDrive for one of the jobby job things the uh, the microsoft thing um, but i have my icloud drive which is where most things live where i have three directories um the ones i mentioned before so lime logged off and personal and then all the apps tend to set up little directories Hmm. Uh, you know, notes and obsidian and shortcuts yeah. and all that sort of jazz It's in there as well. Um, so yeah, I'm aware that it's not, uh, you know, a hundred percent encrypted in backup and all that stuff, but frankly, there's not much in my computer world that people are going to get excited about. I don't think, I don't think I'm the target.
0: All the pictures of your dogs, Apple is now scanning.
1: <laughs> yes, Curiously as a, as a little tangent, cause uh, we're only running 57 minutes. I also bought Max Barkey's photos course just because. I saw he had them on sale last week before he put up the price. Yeah, he was pushing them for sale. And, and I've, I've, it's been one of those things I've been eternally putting off is organizing my photos. My library is, is of a size now where it's caused me some, some problems and it doesn't index properly. And when I go to new devices, it all gets a little bit poof. So uh, following his advice, I bought a little app that, uh, sort of soups up photos called i uh, Pro Photo or Photo Pro or something I don't know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, allowing me to create new libraries and you know just slim down my sort of my working photo library, um, which has been a great a great great boon. Actually, I feel like I'm much more in control of that now. And I just had this fear I was going to lose everything. Mm.
0: I figure at some point I'll just declare photo bankruptcy and start from scratch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that tends to go down very badly with the women in one's life. Just you know, just, just saying, hashtag.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, Apple came up the other day with Furry Friends, which was the cutest uh, set of pictures of my dog ever. Oh, yeah. I sat
1: watching that several times in a row. Well, I'll I tell you what. Uh, Apple Photos um, has identified Spice as a poodle. Oh, interesting. It comes up and says, poodle. Photos of Poodle. Oh, there's loads of wow, look at that. That's brilliant. And then I've got a whisper. Charlie's included. And if you're a long haired Jack Russell, I, I I really don't think you want to be counted as a poodle. Poor Charlie. Mm, yeah. I, I don't think he's noticed, but I'm 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 frantically finding a way of, of you know, can I label him as long haired Jack Russell? He likes the title in full as well. He's he's not happy with the JR or anything. Of course he does. Of course he does. Anyway. <laughs> But no, it is getting better, all, all of that type of stuff, um, which is great. Do you
0: use uh, tags in photos, just out of curiosity?
1: No, I'm, I think I will. <laughs> I think I've been sort of persuaded that way because having sort of split down my libraries into something more manageable, the idea of putting tags over the last few months is less worrying than, than over the last decade, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, your, all your tags will be at home 2020. <laughs> yeah, it should be quite simple. I should be able to select all be nice and easy. Do you use uh, tags on them?
0: No, I don't. I'm actually a real fan of Apple's recognition and tagging. They do a remarkable job of that. Mm-hmm. I do like the widget. I'm not a widget person on iPhone, but I do like the photo widget because it will sometimes show things that I had forgotten about, and I really enjoy seeing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: do, however, have a concern with it. And again, it's not Apple's fault. It's not the machine learning's fault. But not everything on your phone is a good memory. Uh, A number of years ago, I was in a car accident. And as with any car accident, you get out and document what actually happened. Sure. Basically, I had stopped for a traffic light and a truck behind me ran into my car and he was going so fast and hit me so hard that the car behind him then hit him Mm -hmm. Uh, so i had several pictures on there and the other day i noticed on my widget that the apple was kindly reminding me of my memory from 2017 i think it was of oh yes this is when you got in a car accident and i was less than impressed with that because that really wasn't a memory that i
1: wanted to have I believe you can interact with that. Well, I called it things, if uh, that helps. <laughs> no, I believe you. I believe you can select it, and you can sort of tell it not to show it to you again.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was more the hassle, you know. Sure, that I think part of part of the the challenges of machine learning, and I'm assuming you know people that have relationships that go bad and you know there's a time and a place for it i'm not sure what the answer to that is i I
1: think i think it's answered whether a tag would no i think it's answered i I think uh, there's a connected episode Mm -hmm. on this um where you you can you can tell the the machine learning okay i don't want to see this person or you don't want to see this event which I think would, would solve it. But yeah, you, I suppose you could manually do it through tagging. Couldn't you? Um, Yeah, maybe.
0: I I mean, the, the photos interface, uh, that's going to be so easy to find that. Isn't it?
1: (laughs) Well, that's, that's why you have Max Sparky, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs)
0: That's about it. Interesting. So yeah, I think, I think you were probably going to this. I would have figured that we both have come from an area, an age where folder structures were what we did. Hmm. I still have a hard time remembering what my tags were. You know, business names and project names are fairly easy. Yeah. But context-type things get a lot more tricky to remember when I'm tagging something. What am I going to tag this as? What am I going to tag that as? Uh, Especially over time because sort of my word association changes perhaps. But it is something that's out there. It is getting better and better. I think if you've got a good use for it, like the Hazel rules, you know, there's a case for it. If you're comfortable with what you've got and it works, uh, cloud, iCloud library is inexpensive. Again, what I would encourage everybody, make sure you've got a backup of uh, though. And the backup of that is you need a physical copy of it somewhere. Don't just rely on things in the cloud. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do that now. And that can be very, very problematic.
1: Sure. There, there's an episode for the future, Backup. I I have questions, Justin, I have questions on backup. My my takeaway from from this, just thinking about tags and folders, I'm still convinced and will be until the day I die, I suspect that folders are the best way to archive Mm -hmm. because you want a logical system that is essentially it's breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. Where where will I find my water bill? Okay. Which house does it pertain to or which country was it in? Or, you know, whatever might be your starting point. And then which year, which month, Boom, there it is. You'll find it. I appreciate that if you've got a really, really strong tagging system and a really good search function, you might be able to do that too. But if you haven't, you may be even to do that quicker. (laughs) Yeah. But if your system either now or in the future doesn't work so well, then you're in trouble Yeah. because you're going to think, okay, I've got 10,000 files here. Where will I find it?
0: And I think tags require a little bit more discipline
1: yep. uh, than perhaps foldering would would need. Yep. On the other hand, the more we've been speaking, the more I think okay for working directories, and as you say, to make use of things like Hazel, I, I can see a real place for tags mm-hmm. um, for that sort of you know stuff stuff I'm working on in this quarter, in this half year, in this year that maybe I say right, what I'm going to do is just keep all this in in a timed or a dated folder tagged everything tagged and then have a review system, you know, maybe at the end of the quarter where I go through and and file things into folders. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get rid of that process in my mind (laughs) of, okay, here's all the stuff that now goes into an archive and this is how an archive works. Yeah. I mean, I've still got my email from 2000 and when, what have I got email from? Uh, 2000 and, one onwards, I think. So what's that? That's 20 years worth of email. Mm. Wow. That sits, sits in a special database from an app. Gets backed up in 101 places. A huge, massive file. <laughs> I, use, I use a thing called Mail Steward, which is specific to Mac.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, for some reason, I think that should be Mail Steward.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, that's got a really, really good search uh, function on it. Um, far better than anything that Apple provides. <laughs> I hasten to add, that's not too difficult. That's true. It's a low bar, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. My takeaway from this one is to use what's comfortable for you. And I keep going back to the GTD trusted system. I think for your own level of comfort, for your own level of backup, whatever system you want is you you want to use. You have to trust it, and that's really really important. So whatever that is, if you like the tagging system, you have the discipline to use it, or if you're old school and prefer to use the folders, just make sure that you trust it, that you know that you'll be able to find what you need when you need it and find it in a fairly quickly manner. You know, that's that's part of it. How often do we go back and look at that stuff? Depends on what you're doing with your system, what kind of job you're in what kind of online systems you're using at work and in personal. But I I think it's really good to have some sort of logic rather than just a pile of folders and files. But, you know, that's just the way I grew up. So trust
1: your system. Indeed.
0: All right, Stu, where can people find us on the internet?
1: Uh, Well, you can find me at uh, stuatlennon.com or nerosnotes.co.uk or if you're a a Twitter person, at Stu Lennon
0: right? You can find me at justintwifer.com, also writeexperience.com, though both of those are a little slow at the moment as I'm busy packing up all the stuff I need. Uh, you can find our show notes at stationeryadjacent.com. This is episode 24. We'll have links to all the things we talked about in the show today. Please like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. We appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Our next episode is going to be a fun one it's on lead and lag measurements.
1: So until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yeses.